This is Making Light. Julie Hurt and Kate Fogger are soul-level intuitives and animal communicators. This show is about us sharing our experiences in the hope it will help others along their path. So let's go make some light. Hi everybody, my name is Kate Fogger and with me as always is Julie Herrett um, of German descent. And we'll leave that joke right there because we got in a mess with it the last time. And today we are in our second week of procrastination. And actually I went over um, after when I was doing the editing for last week, Julie, I went through with a fine tooth comb some of the definitions and very interesting. I was trying to remember what they were about. I did actually put it in the chat that we, we have a chat mm. going where things that come up, oh, what about that? I'll have a look at it. But it was nice to do the... the it was a very badly written as I complained about it continuously through that. The one in Wikipedia is very, it's it's written in an inconsistent way, which irritates me because it feels like the converse of what they're saying is true. Um, anywho, we are now in week two and we are looking at um, procrastination as a result of the negative belief of my personal favourite, not worthy. Mine too. Um, unworthy <laughs> not worthy unworthy I just asked Julie should we be consistent and she said why and I thought oh my god how liberating terrifying but liberating so unworthy not not worthy whatever I have a green tinge can you not see it I look like I, I need a shave and here I got my hands everything's like green is that just in my camera maybe oh, it is maybe your heart chakra is super open I got a no since I asked <laughs> No, <laughs> <laughs> you're kidding right so julie you wanted to start with um um well i know what you wanted to start with i'm going to see how this how how you route that back to, <laughs> to procrastination but let's go yeah I, you know i that's a I, okay so i actually had another example of of feeling not worthy my negative belief of not worthy which is one of the there's four right and this is the one that i've been working on the most the most present, I would say the last couple of years. So I love how this all takes time. <laughs> I Yay. say sarcastically anyway. So, cause gosh, if we could just hurry this up, but then, you know, I'd die, um, I guess. So anyway, not worthy. Um, I had another example, which I can share too, as far as procrastination. Um, but something happened the land, the last six days, that's kind of just repeated itself over the last several days that has just made me feel really, really depressed. And so when we started, when we joined uh, Zoom this morning to be able to do this recording, I was like, Kate shared how she was feeling. And I'm just like, I'm depressed. I'm just really depressed. And, <laughs> and it took me a while and I'll, it just has to do with like getting involved in conversations that I don't want to be involved in. And instead of me saying something like, you know, I don't really want to be in this conversation or doing, you know, saying any of that type of stuff, I actually sit there because what I've been practicing lately is not engaging. And I am finding that just being in the energy of that conversation wears me down, wears me out and makes, it just leaves me feeling like just really icky and depressed and like just really ugh, sluggish since this began. So anyway, so what I've realized, not real, it's not me realizing it. Last night, it was as I was laying in bed, not able to sleep again, um, I was asking my guides and particularly my guardian, guardian angel as well. I was just asking my guides, what, 
what? Because I know this has something to do with me and I know it's something that I'm supposed to be working on. And I'm like, and I could not connect the dots. So I, you know, asked for help. What? Do you have something no, I'll to say? No, I'll say afterwards, but me, 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 me. I want to go next. Go on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting stuff as you're talking. I'm like, I know why. I know why. Oh, okay. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so I'm laying in bed last night and they were reminding me that years ago when I uh, left my first husband, I was going through counseling and I was, I showed up to a session, super depressed. I was crying. I couldn't stop crying. And she said to me, you know, depression is the opposite emotion of anger. And you know, it's so funny. I just have to share this because it's really, really bad. My dog lays at my feet and he just had the worst gas. And I'm just like, whoa, because you said that last week as well. I know it's two things. It's these stupid little treats that I feed him. They're oh, actually, you know, hold on. They're good. They're, I well, read the, they're fine. They just don't agree with him. And they're not fine. <laughs> I know. He really likes them. Sometimes we suffer through gas. We're working on this. Anyway, um, and I also know, actually, no, I take that back. I know exactly what it is. It's a certain type of raw food that I feed him. I don't think lamb agrees with him. I think beef is better. So, but because I've been working with him on this. Any who's old. Okay, I'm off topic. So she said to me, when you're depressed, anger is actually the opposite emotion. And I mentioned to you earlier too that I've actually heard Abraham Hicks talk about this too. If you have the capability when you're depressed to recognize, oh, I'm depressed and see where the anger actually is, which thank you to the universe, it showed me in spades when I continually got involved in the same type of conversation that was really, really, really making me angry. And yet I wasn't in a situation where I could express it freely. I one, didn't feel safe, secure, and protected to express it. Two, it wouldn't have helped anything. Three, it probably would have made things a whole lot worse, which also adds to all the anger, right? So anyways, so if I can express the anger, then at least the depression can begin to alleviate because I'm at least releasing. It's like a release valve. The next step then that the guides were giving me last night were remember that anger is a sign that a boundary has been crossed. And so I very rarely, and somebody else reminded me yesterday because I was sharing the story with someone else and they were like, well, you know, if so, if a conversation like this happens in your own home, it's your own home. You can say, we don't do this. And Maya Angelou also had a rule that if you were in her house and you spoke Ill illy of someone or used words that were negative, you, you needed to leave. If you, cause she told you up front. And then if you did that, she would ask you to leave. And she would ask famous people to leave like all the time. Um, and you didn't want, I would never want to have to be, I would never want to be asked by Maya Angelou to leave her house. Anyway, so I'm just reminded of this and I re I'm like realizing why do I not set up these boundaries? And from a procrastination standpoint, this not worthy feeling that this not worthy negative belief, one way that it manifests, particularly with a certain group of people that are around me, is if I were to put these boundaries in place, they I wouldn't feel it just would really trigger this idea of um, of not being worthy because already I, to some degree, am an oddball as far as this group of people goes. I'm already weird. I do things completely differently than this group of people. And so if I, if, if I don't already feel worthy 
of being in their um, purview, which goes back to something that happened when I was two, then why would I try to put the boundaries in place? So I like procrastinate with doing so. And there's still a whole lot there. I can feel a whole lot more churning and your guys are saying something too, but that I just was just really interesting. It's yeah, just to examine it like that. And there's also a protection mechanism because I was listening to our other mutual friend, Ava Baronius and the four pillars. And there's something in there too. So I, yeah, playing with that as well. So much stuff in there, Julie. So much stuff. Yay. 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 I'm fodder. I'm fodder. <laughs> First of all, just a couple of points. We can always ask about the dog, right? Ask about the dog. Muscle tone. Oh, the food and yeah. the gas. Yeah. Just reminding <laughs> Julie that we have, we can, so we can, after this, we can ask whether it's lamb or the beef or anything like that. And also just noticed, or rather my guides noticed, you're very defensive <laughs> about Luke. When I, when I said, all the treats aren't good, you're like, yeah, yeah but, but he only gets the best tonight. And, and you know, just very um, defensive about that, Julie. Yes. It's okay. I think it's the state of mind you're in. Um, so, yeah. I'm- Anger versus depression, that's interesting, because like, I don't, I know exactly what you mean. From the Abraham Hicks perspective, anger is further up the vibrational ladder than depression. So if you can harness your anger, that's absolutely mm. the right, because you're on your way up the vibrational ladder. So mm. um, the opposite per se. But I don't suppose there are any opposites because it's a it's a range, it's a frequency. But um, that's very interesting and very good advice from your counsellor. Absolutely. Um, but what I'm getting as well is this might be guff, but I don't think so. Um, a lot of the depression, as you call it is actually your own feeling of powerlessness because you didn't put the boundaries in place. This totally. You're totally going through self-abuse now about why didn't I, why did I put up with it? Why did I let this happen? Now that is completely within your control as in, okay, I didn't put the boundaries in place, but you know, I'll know next time. It's hard. It's really hard Oh God! Reading story, still reading Julie's favorite book, and it's making me angrier and angrier and angrier. I'm actually reading about anger at the moment. Rage, isn't it? Anger. Yeah, the sin of rage. Yeah. So this is um, Elise Lewin's, um "The Price Women Pay to Be Good" on our best behavior, and you know, there's so much about the patriarchy that's like really fucking obvious, and you're like, blah blah blah, but. But there's so much stuff that's so insidious. I'm mm-hmm. just getting and and the one bit I've just been reading about, and I mean she does go through it the whole time. And I'm sort of like, really, is it is it really that obvious? Is this really happening? But it's all a, like because I don't know how I got this way. I, I don't recall lessons in decorum or how to be a lady like, or I don't remember any of that. And yet the net result is we are always 
taught that women are supposed to be the conciliatory we're the ones that's supposed to hold everybody together we're the ones that's supposed to make things work other people's comfort is paramount you know and reading it like that like reading it even reading it I get a bit irritated because I'm like well that's not true that's just so fucking you know old-fashioned nonsense but it is absolutely true like how how did we absorb this social cultural norm because I don't remember lessons in being a woman and yet and I well, think and who would have written them let's just even because uh I asked that question who would have written how to be a woman back in the day well men, probably men would, have would not have been a woman well men would have done yeah yeah oh. which is what which is yeah. what the seven deadly sins are men writing rules on how to be a woman but like do you I mean I, I don't get me wrong I see snippets of how my mother would have said don't do, you know and I guess that's how we form this picture is is just being sort of reprimanded nudged molded squeezed something but like I don't remember anyone saying it's your job to keep everybody happy Kate I don't remember everybody you know I it, I just evolved into that and yet to see it written down in black and white and I'm like oh my god I'm mm. so fed up but this is also what's holding you back with this group of people is that you don't want to be the protagonist that goes, you're all talking shit. I don't want to hear it. You're you're messing with my china. Just shut up or fuck off. You don't yeah. want to be that person. No, yeah, no, I do. And you know what's so interesting is as you say that, yeah, I do. No, as you say, you're like, I totally want to be all that. I totally, yeah, bring it. Like I want to be, I do actually want to say, we're shutting the fuck up about this because this makes us go nowhere. And it's just for me to get to that point, it's easy to say, right? It's very easy to say. And I can feel it. Like, yeah, I do want to be that person. This is, y'all are, y'all, and I don't, I have to, I'm going to say it this way. And then like, I wouldn't necessarily, because I don't feel comfortable calling somebody stupid. However. You did before <laughs> we got. On. I know. I know. And I'm just super care. I'm cautious of it because words have power too, right? So, and if I know that, I want to make sure I'm used, choosing my words carefully. These conversations do not help me. We are not, I do not want to be a part of these anymore. That's really more because then it's me. Here's my boundary around me. But yeah, I do want to be that person. It's just to get there with all the rules, rules, limitations, all the things that we create in this existence. Just kind of. That's just it. We are all adhering to unspoken rules. So why are we so adverse to laying down a few of our own? I know, right? I know. I know. I listen I was listening to a doctor the other day. He got interested in endocrinology and he went was gonna go back to school. He's already a doctor. He's gonna go back to school to actually study endocrinology. And then he thought, why am I studying somebody else's parameters of endocrinology? Why can't I learn through patients and additional research why do I have to follow someone's protocol and I'm just like and that just like whoa why I don't disagree I don't I don't know I don't know I can see why we need guide. I can see why we need guidelines however sometimes I'm thinking who created the original protocol and but is do it we need guidelines huh I'm being controversial here do we need guidelines I don't know I mean, I can see because not all not all human beings are, I mean, if you think of it in Ainsley McLeod terms, which is the instruction and soul levels, 
meaning some souls are older, some souls are younger, and there's different ages. If you say soul age, soul levels, whichever you want to call it, the more you progress and the older your the more times your soul has been here, like, you know, thousands of times, you may more, you may have more experience at the soul level to put your own parameters in place. When you're a younger soul, sometimes you don't necessarily have that because you haven't been, you haven't experienced all this. Although I will say that I think some of these parameters and protocols that have been put in place by patriarchy, let's just say, um, that's what's being brought up to the light to examine and actually question. So, and, yeah. and all this, you know, having read this book, I don't know if you recall me saying how I was when I was on the retreat last year because I didn't go this year um and we there was a um, lady there who has super strong boundaries and I remember going I actually don't want to be like that either because she, she can be a bit of a cow frankly you know and you know and I was sort of like I don't actually want to be that person I don't think I ever would be that person that I can completely ride roughshod over other people in order to satisfy my needs now to be fair to her when we talked about it again she said that she has had to learn to do that because she, because of her history of people crossing her boundaries all the time so now she's like I have to put myself first over and above the needs of other people and that's the only way I do it and if it ruffles feathers but and after reading that book I'm like do you know what she's fucking right she's right we are so fucking scared of of upsetting people upsetting the apple cart i mean it, you know in the book it's all about the context of patriarchy but that actually infuses into almost everything because even all this about not wanting to fall out with people it's because like women aren't supposed to fall out with people you're not supposed to be outspoken so many double standards but but and also all this judgment we hold against other women yeah. you know that's really hurtful when i read that because it hurts me because i know it's true all mm. my um, judgment about people who take selfies and sit in a hot tub and all that judgment and women that take care of themselves. You, there's such a conflict there because on the one hand, fucking good for them. And the other yeah. hand, I deeply resent them for it. And yeah. that's all as a result of the patriarchy because that's the way we've been brought up. How dare you step out of line? And yet the greater part of Kate should be going, go girl, you fucking do what you want. Do as you please. You know, I want to be that girl because that's yeah. the girl that's inside me. Yeah. You go for it. You yeah. tell people to shut the fuck up. You drink pints if you want to. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> that this idea of understanding for ourselves what we want, individuals what we want, has been the... So every month I do a video for animal message, animal lessons. They're having me change it to... The animals are having me change it to animal messages for September. But this theme has come up for July and for August, and it's coming back around again for September, is asking their humans, most of my clients, of course, are women, what is it that you want? Get in touch. This is... And it's so hard because... I find myself and I also find with clients for a woman to actually be able to identify what I want, what she wants, what we want. That's a huge first step. And then to be able to sit with it and then to express it and then to stick on it, to stick by it, which is boundaries and all this. It is a huge, incredible thing. And it's, and it, it's just so, I don't know, it's so fascinating to me, this 
it's so buried this idea of what we want because we've been taught for so for centuries that we don't get to say what we want I, yeah. it's fascinating Julie because I had the same messages this week yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, this lady, I'm fabulous reading. She, there's three horses, but one of this horse was so eloquent. Like I just opened my mouth and this stuff poured out of me. And I'm like, there's no way I made that up. You know, it was just, and it was all about her, her finding out what she wanted to know, what she enjoyed. And, um, and that actually takes us nicely back to procrastination, I think, because a lot of women end up doing nothing because they're stuck in this magnificent indecision about, well, okay, I'm I'm gonna do what I want. But what is that? Yeah. And and actually what is what is necessary is that you take a chance on a few things, try them out, see if they fit, and if they don't, you drop them. But we just get stuck in procrastination and tie that back to unworthiness that's quite often because we don't allow ourselves the time to find out we don't allow ourselves time to find out because we're not worthy of that time you know Mm. if you had if you knew what you wanted and you were passionate about what you wanted well okay maybe maybe then we'll let you but to sit around and play with a few things and see how you feel about them how dare you how very dare you we're wasting the patriarchy's time and money when we try to yeah silly little ideas and that's the oh that makes me so fucking angry this total belittlement and of women this constant you and you'll see that Gary just says this as a joke but you know there are times where I want to take a chainsaw and I've just bought a chainsaw instantly I'm just waiting for chainsaw oil so I will and it's like he does it as a joke and it's funny but I still want to kill him oh I don't want to sit with you and Steve you and Susie because you're going to be talking about shoes and handbags do you know and you just and he just repeats this joke over and over again. Oh, it's all about shoes and handbags. And the irony is, of course, I I, I talk about neither. I have absolutely couldn't give a fuck about either of them. You know, but it just but it is, it's the total trivialization of everything that women want to do. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting too, because it makes it re, it brings me back to the point of um the, the other idea that I had as far as not worthy and procrastination that has shown up in my life that actually required my dog who is sleeping and snoring at my feet now, uh, not having gas right now. Um, he, he broke my leg in an effort to get me to move forward. So I had already become certified as an animal communicator. And that was before I worked with Danielle. I worked with another group of I teachers. Yeah. I worked with another group of teachers and was certified, um, heart-to-heart animal communication um, through a group called the Lightfoot Way, which are fabulous teachers as well. Um, And I, anyway, and so I had already, I could do readings and I had a website, but I wasn't really doing anything. I was still in my advertising career. And it's so interesting because the conversation that we were having, Brad and I, when we were out on the trail, just before Lucas broke my leg, Brad was exacerbated with me like why are you not doing something with this you study this it makes your heart sing he didn't necessarily use that words but he said it made me happy why do you not try more get out there and I was just felt so not worthy you know I look back on it now and I can I see this lens and I know that Lucas literally knocked me off my pins in a way to get me out of the office so that I could focus on doing other things which part of that focus was finding Danielle ultimately finding you. Um, so, but I, in that very moment, I was trying to justify to him, 
why staying in advertising was better, even though I was burnt out, frustrated, angry, hated it, all the stuff. And I didn't want to put my efforts where I really wanted to. One, I didn't, couldn't even really voice the efforts, but I also was felt so unworthy of this work and putting myself out there. And so Lucas came along, I swear to God, at, I would probably just finished a sentence. And at that moment, nailed my right leg and broke my tibial plateau. And here we are. So the animals will knock you off your pins too. Absolutely. That's <laughs> anyway, it. Anyway. And if it's not your animals, your health will do it. Because if it's not someone to break your leg for you, you'll something will happen. You know, there are people, it's interesting, isn't it, that the more people you meet, in the sort of spiritual quest they've usually all of them have been through some sort of breakdown trauma debilitating illness or something because this is the eventually the way it manifests is well yeah. you're not doing anything about it we're going to make you listen one way or the other mm -hmm. yeah the <sighs> animals your body something yeah absolutely i mean that's what the myth of normal that gabar dr gabor mate talks about you know he can he'll be in a room with somewhere with people that have you know, multiple sclerosis, and he'll be like, you know, you all care too much about others before yourself, and you keep it all inside. Yeah. And that's it. And like, I don't know if we can blame the yeah, we can blame the patriarchy because that's what like Abraham Hicks says is that yeah. you know, ultimately, we're all being trained from the minute we're born, and it's true also of, of boys as well. But we're all being trained to please people one way or the other. Now, men are taught to please in a different way, but they are essentially following a set of rules that says you need to behave this way and you need to do that and you need to be this sort of person. And and we're all being it's it's like just about everything that we're taught is bad for us as individuals. That's yeah, really and the patriarchy. Yeah. And to your point, the patriarchy is not serving men either very well. Especially, I mean, in this country, if you look at the rise of like gun violence and all that type of stuff, that's the patriarchy not sustainable for men either. And so how do they, and to, and to not have any of the tools to be able to deal with their own emotions, that's, this is all part of it. This is why all this is going on because it's time for this thing to crumble. Yeah. But when, we're, oh. yeah. When will it end? That's the thing. And that's, I think, you know, when you talk about um, depression and uh, wild, wild guess about the conversations that were happening, that you're talking about, you know, if it's politics and stuff like that, this is it. Um, I've, I've met two people, lived here four years, never met anyone. I've met two people in the last week I think I was supposed to meet one way or the other, just because I've been out in the garden. Um, and th there was this guy talking, I've lost my thread, but he was still, we talked about that, ended up on the price of fuel or something like that. And then you're like, I can't even go down that rabbit hole because I get to a point very quickly where I'm like, this life is unsustainable the way it is. Everything is unsustainable. Prices are gone through the roof. Nobody's got, you know, we don't have any security now. I don't, you know, food's gone up. This has gone up. Now our prices have started to go up again. Fuel, when actually the price of oil is dropping, and they're still putting our petrol up. And it's you know, and you're like, because this is now greed. You know, there is so many greedy, 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 greedy people out there. And I think that's why I had this reaction. I was telling you about the guy that came and gave me a quote for the hedging, and he quoted 450 quid. And I was just like, You're fucking joking. I was expecting it to be about a hundred. And he came down to 200, which is probably fair, because he probably did a much better job than the guy I had before. But I don't need a manicure, just cut it, you know? <laughs> just cut it i don't care 
but it left a really bad taste it's like you would have charged me that if I could have paid that but, mm. like because I live in a big house people think I have lots of money so we'll start at 450 I don't like that and I know that's the the root of capitalism is to pay what something what somebody will pay for it not what it's worth not how much it costs to make it not how hard you had to work but how much can I get for that and on the one hand well good for you son do you know what you're making a living same as everybody else on the other hand I just think I fucking hate that I hate this idea that you can just I suppose we're all doing it aren't we we're all charging what we can for however much we think we're worth I, I suppose because women have always been on the back foot about that you know I mean we're very lucky in our environment that we have been encouraged to charge more and more and more I mean I I don't because of my unworthiness and now I'm at a stage where I want to put it up again and but I I, I don't you know oh who's to say what anybody's worth you know right I also had this conversation yesterday yeah day before with my guides we were out in the preserve, Lucas and I, we were talking, we were walking and somehow I was thinking about, I knew that we were going to be talking about this today. And so I was thinking about other aspects of worthy and what is worthy. And then I was thinking about, and yesterday I had a, a physical too. And I was, I was so wanting to ask the nurse in particular that was with me, um, how she was feeling because in this country, we are losing healthcare workers left and right because they're burnt out. Many of them are not paid what they're are what they're worth, um, and I do this air quotes only because they are absolutely worthy of more money and more, but more help and support and whatnot. And I do this because we're talking about worth, not them. Um, but and I was thinking about the the worth that we put on different work. So I was thinking teachers. I have a stepson who's a teacher in um, in uh, Detroit, and what he is and isn't paid and it's a bit it's ridiculous so that to me it's like we signify that that profession is not worthy of pay yet we expect our children to have a certain level of education but we don't want to invest in it that's interesting to me and the other thing that I was thinking of that just juxtaposed maybe not or maybe thrown into the same loop was people that are in this country minimum wage I don't know what it is now it might be 15 dollars an hour 15 dollars an hour you can't live on $15 an hour in this country. And yet we have no problem looking at somebody who is in a minimum wage job like McDonald's, let's just say. Um, and I want that food for cheap, which the cheap food doesn't do anything for your body, doesn't help your body, certainly doesn't help the animals that went into that cheap food for any reasons because of how they have to be raised in an effort to keep the food cheap. And then you're also, you're asking somebody to give you nutrition, but you won't pay them to do so because you also don't value your own body. So it's interesting to me, this whole system that's in place on so many different levels. And we're just pummeled with these messages of not worthy. This is where I, I, I can't see where it will ever end. And that's why I can't go down that road. It's sort of, I can't see how we will ever escape capitalism which i think is a large part of the patriarchy mm. you know i can't see how we would ever escape it i mean even this lovely gentleman who went past and chatting to me about how beautiful my view is and he's some man who's lived in this area for 100 years not 100 uh, 84 you know, how many years uh, you know i had a really nice conversation with him but you know when i started talking about the guest house and he's like oh well, it's such a shame it's just sitting there not earning any money 
you know, and you're just like on a one, I, on the one hand, I, I sort of want to say, well, you know, it's like, I, there's so many people have said that to me, you know, you know, it goes back to that conversation we had about, you know, me taking in new tenants or something like that because it should be earning money. It's like, it's like, why is it always about the money? It's always about the money. And yet I was almost scared to say to him, I did actually say, it's not always about the money, but that sounds so fucking privileged. <laughs> you know, oh, really, Mrs. Foggers, you can afford not to. Well, no, not really, but you know, it's not worth the money, you know? Yeah. And then I find myself trying to fucking justify with, you know, like, oh, why do I need to justify to anyone what I do for a living or how much I earn or how I live and how I don't live? It's all right there, me proving my worth. Oh, fuck. But everything, they won't believe how many conversations I've had where all come, people come down to, oh, you know, all about the money and such a shame you're not earning any money out of it or what a waste of money and everything's about money and everything, 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 everything is about money. It's always about yeah. money. Mm, yeah how do we tie that back to procrastination I see I actually had an, a, a client this week and it, it came down to some procrastination about something but I can't remember the fucking point because I remember thinking oh there we go um and I don't think I did write it in the chat but I actually had another example of procrastination and it actually was a naturally it was a woman I'm just looking at our chat uh, we we can talk about pigeons. this in procrastination in pigeons is worth looking at <laughs> that's if we run out of stuff but we're um we're not we're, we're quite away in and we haven't run out of um but that there was an experiment about um pigeons it's about procrastination and it's not particularly about unworthiness so i will look at it for next time actually but um it was another sort of definition of because we talked about procrastination along the lines of sort of trying to get easier jobs done rather than the big payoff um you talked about it as not taking care of yourself at the expense of taking care of others or the other way around rather taking care of others at the expense of yourself um but there was another sort of sort of that talk shite whatever yeah yeah it just procrastination can be as i can attest to a workaround for not feeling worthy and it has shown up very recently again as well as when I was really thinking about it just how Lucas broke my leg and I'm like oh my gosh that's exactly what that was I was procrastinating getting my business going this business going which makes me so happy and even still though I will say so even still uh I really 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 want to write a book to get the time to Right now I'm procrastinating on the book itself and I'm procrastinating on, I have some of this, I do some of the steps I, and I do give myself some grace as well. I am part of a writing community. I do have some steps put in place. I'm pretty sure I have my theme worked out, but I was sitting, I think it was Saturday. It was Saturday morning. I was just, everything was just moving so fast. Like all these different things were going on around me and I just needed to just sit quietly. So luckily Brad had gone out to mow the lawn and before I had a session with a client, I just took about, I don't know, 15 minutes with my guides and guardian angel um, who I've met, met recently, which is actually pretty cool. Um, and just was like, okay, I just need, what is it that I want? What is it that I want? Help me figure that out. And I just would love to have a week 
by myself, Lucas, of course, would be here, but, you know, if, and Brad has children outside the state, that it would be nice if he just went to go visit them for a week. And I had a week to just do what I want and just play with writing and not have to be on a schedule. Cause right now I'm on such a schedule when he leaves, when he comes home. And I do tie it to that. Um, because at this point too, I'm also doing the cooking and the cleaning and all the other things. And so I put all that stuff first and try to anyway, and I've been anyway, but I was just like, that's what I want this quiet in time. So I'm this, but to ask for it, I haven't asked for it yet. I was going to say, and have no, you asked? no, no. Because there's one other little bit. I've been invited to at a speaking to speak at a um, with our colleague Karen Dundy Smith, and I have to get that. I have to get that request out there too. So I want to put it all together. But this even procrastination and this notion of having to tie it all up into a little bundle and then please, may I? It's like this is what I need to do for my business, but I'm still in this not worthy. Like oh please, may I? And so I'm allowing. I'm recognizing that, that, and I do feel like this is something that we need to allow ourselves time because these are big steps and to go from zero to 60 is hard. And it also can create a lot of backlash that to me personally can set me back. So I have to be, I really have to be mindful, which is probably also a workaround. I mean, there's workarounds on top of workarounds behaviors to shield me. Right. And I realize that. That's why the woman that was in the retreat who unabashedly could say, these are my boundaries. Y'all fuck off if you don't want to deal with them. That would be lovely to get to. Yes, I would love to be that woman. It's just, it's just hard. So I'm just recognizing that. And I want everyone to hear that too, that it's not, you don't have to do zero to 60. Yeah. And and I would also for you and your depression right now, Julie, is that I feel like most of it is actually about you giving yourself a hard time. It's actually not about what happened. It's about you being disappointed in yourself for having totally. put, having yeah. put these boundaries in place. Totally. Cause that's, and I, we, yes. Thank you for reminding me of that. Cause I know when we did group coaching with Danielle and our, and our angel friend, Maria, <laughs> that would come up too. You know, and she even brought that. Oh gosh, how long? It wasn't even that long ago. She brought that up. I don't know what we were doing. Um, probably I was probably TAing something with her for her and Danielle. And she said, Oh, there you go. You're beating yourself up because you're beating yourself up because you're beating yourself up because you're I'm just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Well, I think next week. We talk about procrastination in terms of not good enough. So it'll be interesting to take this, this conversation into that next step. So not good enough being the negative belief, procrastination being the workaround. So I'm sure we'll have more examples. For any of you watching, whatever examples or whatever's coming up for you as far as not worthy or not lovable from the week before, feel free to share them with us. We would very much love to hear from you about how these conversations are affecting you. Um, because this is a com- this needs to be a conversation, needs to be a dialogue. If you haven't read <laughs> on our best behavior, the price women pay uh, to, for being good, the seven deadly sins and the price for women pay, we'll put it in the chat, Elise Lunin. You can also follow her podcast, Pulling the Thread. She talks about a lot of this too. There's a lot of fodder in there too. So anyway, and I, and I do appreciate Kate that you are reading that book. How, or did you finish it? Nearly. Not okay. Quite. Yeah. I had to stop. It made me so angry. <laughs> I had to stop. 
and then start again. I just want to yeah. go and like, yeah. And it, but it, and that's another. This is part of the thing. It's like when I talk to people I swim with about it, and I can feel the eyes rolling. Oh, here she goes again about the patriarchy. You're like, it's back to you, you know. This is, you know, all the things we sit and moan about our husbands and that, that's all the patriarchy, all the expectations put on you, because most of them are women, not all of them, obviously, but all the things that traditionally women got, it's not fair that I'm all, all. I'm like, can't be the patriarchy, yeah. you know, but we don't have those sort of conversations, um, which is fine, which is yeah. fine, but there is a bit of it that goes, really? Like, yeah. Yeah. Denial of the patriarchy is actually part of the patriarchy. Like that's in place for the patriarchy. Because <laughs> even like when I tell Gary, like he said he'll make some snide joke about it. But I and then I think that just suits you, doesn't it? It suits you to go, oh, and this is what and this is how this is so stupid. But like Gabo Mate, I was watching him this week for some reason. I came up on my YouTube feed because I do my exercise every morning and and I was watching a bit of him and because of his addiction um you know food addiction and and stuff like that and he's not the only man I know but he's so what's the word he's so upfront about the fact that 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 you know it's women that are at the brunt of this it's women that are suffering it's the you know and you're just like it's just so amazing for a man it shouldn't be. That sounds so fucking condescending, but it's, I don't know any other men that would actually even bother to take the time to to even notice. You know that. Yeah. I yeah. I will just. I think there are more and more. I'm of sure them. there are. I just don't know them. Yeah. I'm looking at my bookshop. Yeah, my books. Yeah, yeah. I just was listening to. Yeah, there's the Surgeon General of this country is a man. Um, and I could not tell you what I know. I think his first name is Vivek. Uh, anybody can look him up. He has a podcast. Where did I hear him? I heard him talk about somewhere. He was on a podcast. Oh, he was on Krista Tippett, who is another, anyway, um, another person. But uh, Vivek, Dr. Vivek Murthy is the Surgeon General of the United States. And he has a podcast. And he interviews really cool people. And his whole thing is loneliness. And that loneliness is actually a health crisis, but he goes into all aspects of what is creating loneliness. And this is this disconnection from community, from ourselves, from our true selves and all this stuff. So there are people, men out there. And what I also find interesting is that to me, for me, I think some way to make some of these changes is it's going to take men. And it's not because, you know, any, all of us have divine feminine and divine masculine. And what's happening from an overall perspective is we're just out of balance. There's more divine masculinity than fat femininity. And we're just trying to get to ba back to balance. So there are going to have to be men who come to the table and say, I can't deal with this anymore either in an effort to do that. Um, just in any situation that requires change. So you have to almost like infiltrate with the people that are of that bend, I guess. I don't know what I'm saying. But I think we're at a good stopping point <laughs> for now. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, sorry, I just derailed you with Gabo Master. No, no, no. No, it's all good. I know there's, yes. So again, but the, again, like who, if you have comments, questions, thoughts, anything, any other people to share, please put them in the comments below. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know how this is resonating. Uh, again, we'll be here next week. As usual, every Friday, we do a new episode. This month in September, we are talking about procrastination and going up against every single negative belief that we uh, work with, the four. Um, so yeah, we will see you next week. I am Julie Heert. 
<laughs> With me, as always, is Kate Fago, and this is Making Light to Humans Being, and we'll see you next time. Take really good care of yourself till we see you then. Thanks.